You know, we have a great storyteller right here. His name is Fred Gerhauser, and he also has a wonderful reading voice, and I asked him if he would read the scripture, but before he does, I want to just comment on what he's reading. We have in Jesus Christ a great storyteller, and those stories in Matthew and Mark and Luke are called what? Do you remember what they're called? The stories that Jesus told in the first three Gospels? Parables. They're called parables. But in the Gospel of John, which was written later, there are no parables. But there are metaphors where Jesus says about himself, he compares himself to something very common and very familiar so that they can know who God is. He says, I am, and you may know some of these metaphors. There's seven of them in the Gospel of John. Do you remember any of them? I am what? I'm the Good Shepherd. We've been singing about that or hearing about that so far. What else? I am the door, the sheepfold, the sheep gate. I am the vine. What else? I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. And then one that's found in the story of the raising of Lazarus. Do you remember what Jesus says? I am the resurrection and the life. So these are the metaphors that are talked about. And two of those metaphors are in our passage, which Fred is going to read to us now. A minor detail. (laughs) Today's reading is taken from John 10, verses 1 through 18. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know the voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are the thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. He runs away because his hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. 
For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Thank you. I actually want to encourage you to take the Pew Bibles out and to open up to that passage because there's three paragraphs there and we're going to be in it together in just a moment. Before we do that, though, just remembering one line out of what Fred just read. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. I have some new neighbors where I live. Uh, The couple that lives close by, uh, they decided early on in their marriage that they did not want to have children, and so they now have two French bulldogs, and they are named Ruckus and Maya. Ruckus and Maya are pretty uh, small puppies there. This was uh, earlier on in the summer. And uh, I heard the very special attention that these two little puppies were getting from the couple that got them this summer. Um, I heard them calling them by name, good boy, Ruckus, good boy, just calling out to Maya. And they would do and they would go where they were called because there's two reasons. They were being called by name to by a voice that was loving and caring and also because they were being fed by these two. This is for us a very familiar metaphor, the metaphor of having very loving people caring in extravagant fashion, and that's certainly been true for my neighbors, for their pets whom they love dearly. Now, 2,000 years ago, when this Gospel of John was put together, that was not the metaphor that was familiar to them. There was another metaphor that was extremely familiar to them, and that was shepherds with their sheep. All over the place, the Judean countryside, they would see sheep, shepherds. And it was a very powerful metaphor because the job of being a shepherd was a non-stop, demanding job. The sheep were absolutely dependent upon the shepherds to find water in a very dry environment, to find grass, something to eat in a very dry environment, They were dependent on the shepherds to protect them from wild animals, from wolves, from getting lost, separated. And interestingly enough, in Palestine, the shepherds, they did not use their sheep for meat to eat like they do in Great Britain. They actually used their sheep for wool. So that means they spent many, many years with the same sheep. And they got to know these sheep, and they named them. And oftentimes they would name them by some characteristic, like brown leg or black ear. And they knew them well, they cared for them, and there was, over time, this voice recognition. Shepherd had a certain sing-song, a certain way of calling out to the sheep, and the sheep knew, very specifically, that voice calling to them. And they would follow that voice. 
Now, I want us to plunge into this passage. So once again, please make sure your Bibles are open because I'm going to ask you some questions paragraph by paragraph. There are three paragraphs here, and I'm also going to ask for some helpers. And I need, actually, first of all, someone that wants to be the shepherd. Who over here? Taya, you want to come up and help me? Maybe hold this up for me? Like right back here so everybody can see it. It's the word shepherd. Because Jesus is making a contrast here. You're going to have to hold that up high so you can see it over the table. And then I need somebody over here who would love to be a thief or represent the thieves. All right, come on up, Anthony. Okay, if you can hold up the thieves one, and I need somebody to be the robbers one. Thieves and robbers kind of went together. You're going to stay over here on this side because we're going to separate them. Can you go way over here? There you go. Who wants to be robbers? Come on, don't be shy. Come on, Bill. Oh, we have somebody back there. Come on up. Come on up, Evan. Yeah, excellent. You want to be a robber this morning? (laughs) Why not? Okay, you can stand right next to Anthony where it says thieves, okay? So when you look at this first paragraph, how is Jesus contrasting them? How are they different, the shepherd and the thieves and robbers? Just shout it out, okay? That's right. They don't use the gate. The shepherd goes in by the gate. The shepherd is legal. What are the thieves and the robbers doing? They're climbing over. They are illegal. What else do you see by way of contrast? Are you, do you, are your Bibles open? Come on, come on. First paragraph, verses one through six. Well, that's the second paragraph. We're just in the first paragraph right now. Yes, so they know the voice of the shepherd, but they don't know this particular voice command over here because the shepherd owns them and the thieves and the, and the robbers don't own them. So I need one more helper over here. He talks about strangers. Abby, come on up. You can stand next to your brother. Because he's contrasting the fact they don't know. These are the voices of strangers. They're not voices that they recognize, voices that care for them. Okay, now we can get into the second paragraph. So I need somebody who will be the sheep gate. Who over here will be the sheep gate? All right, come on up, Espressa. You can stand next to your sister. So the second paragraph, he's talking about the sheep gate. And so in uh, Palestine, I don't know if you can tell, but at that gate, there's a shepherd right there in the gateway. And so the, the sheep come in at night to be safe, protected, and then they go out to find pasture during the day. So you've got the shepherd, and then you've got the thieves over here, and the sheep gate. So what's the contrast here that Jesus is making between these two in this paragraph? All right, nobody's looking down at their Bibles. What was that? That's right. It says the thieves came to steal, kill, and destroy. Yikes. What about the shepherd and the sheep gate? Where Jesus is saying, I'm the sheep gate. You see there, there's protection. There's also this pasture going in and out to find pasture. What's the last phrase in that paragraph? Anybody have their Bible open? You do. Yes, I came that they might have life. In abundance, as opposed to stealing, killing, and destroying. Okay, last paragraph. Here we go. We have the Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. Who wants to hold up the good shepherd one? Come on. Oh, yeah, come on up. What is your name? Sam, come on up. Can you come up and help me out? That'd be so cool. If you can stand next to the shepherd right there. Because Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. Not only the shepherd, I am the good shepherd. 
Thank you. If you can hold that up. But then on the other hand, who wants to be the hired hand? And you're going to talk to me in a moment about what the difference is here. Some of you want to be the hired hand? Bill Barron's is pointing to... Adriana, you want to come on up? Come on up, honey. Yeah. Yeah, please. Okay. You can hold that up real high, okay? You can stand up there next to Anthony. All right. So what's the difference between the hired hand and the good shepherd? Tell me. What was that? Sorry. Commitment, definitely. Yeah, and when danger happens, when the wolf comes... What does the hired hand do? Runs away. Hey, these aren't my sheep. I'm getting out of here. Commitment. Runs and the sheep scatter and they're, you know, the wolf snatches them. But what about the good shepherd? What does the good shepherd do? Lays down his life for the sheep willingly. Three times we hear that phrase. Loves the sheep. Knows the sheep. Cares for the sheep. So you see the contrast? This is a very, very powerful contrast and very powerful metaphor. You all have been absolutely wonderful. You can put those back on the communion table, if you will, and go back to your seats. You want to give them a hand for helping out? Excellent. We love all of our worship leaders, and they were just helping us in a big way to be worship leaders. There is this psalm we love. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. Every time I visit someone and I read that psalm, their eyes close and they are so comforted. It's a very powerful image that we have throughout Scripture for who God is. And Jesus is lifting this up in a way that's connecting everything they know about that psalm, everything they know about that image for God, and is saying, I am right now, right in front of you, in the flesh. I am the good shepherd who knows you by name, who cares for you, who is present with you no matter what's going on in your life, even if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. His rod and his staff comforts right there. I think there's a longing in us when we hear that psalm and this image for someone that actually does know me and does see me and knows my name and knows my needs and knows the path I'm on and knows what I'm going through. I think we have a deep, deep longing to be recognized and to have someone responding to our needs and that that would be God. You know, it's interesting to me because many of you have the smartphones and they have a voice recognition on many of the smartphones. Our other pastor, our associate pastor, Kurt, just got a new phone. He loves his voice recognition. I don't like my voice recognition. You know why? Because Siri does not recognize me. <laughs> so let's try it right now, okay? We'll see. See if she recognizes me. Siri, who is the pastor at Trinity Presbyterian Church in San Carlos? Okay, try it again. Siri, who is the pastor of Trinity Presbyterian Church in San Carlos? Let me check that. Okay, I found this on the web for who is the pastor of Trinity Presbyterian Church in San Carlos. Mm, that is our website. That's pretty good. Let me ask her one more question. Siri, do you like me? 
friendship makes us fresh. Did you hear that? Thy friendship makes us fresh. Okay, Siri, you are really weird. Jesus said, I know my own. I know my own, my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have sheep that are not of this fold, and I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. That is stunning to me. When you think about voice recognition, Jesus is saying, I not only know you, and you will know me, but you will know me, and I will know you the same way the Father and the Son and the Spirit know one another in the Trinity. That is stunning. The unity, the belonging, the love that is shared in the Trinity is the very voice recognition and whole life recognition that goes on with us and our Good Shepherd. So where does that voice recognition, we the sheep with our Good Shepherd, where does that come from? How do we develop that? And I want to tell you that it begins with recognizing and following that voice, your own beginning. I want to tell you a little bit about my journey, and some of you have heard this already, but I grew up in the church. We always went to church. And then when I was 16, I started going to a youth group called Young Life. And they had a really awesome summer camp way up in Canada in the Princess Louisa Inlet, you can show that picture, Joel, you just get a sense for just how beautiful this particular conference center is. You can see the inlet in the background. That's the pool carved out of stone right there. A really awesome week. And I remember very clearly when I was 16 years old, a busload of us drove all the way up there from Central California. We were all in high school. And there was one speaker who talked about how tricky it is to sail a sailboat through that particular inlet right there. Can you see how narrow it is? And it's a lot of rocks, and he explained that, you know, with the keel on a sailboat, it's really hard to navigate that. And the person that is the best qualified to sail that sailboat is the person who made that sailboat and knows that sailboat. And that so struck me because he was saying the person who's best qualified to run your life is the one who made you the one who knows you and loves you. And so after that, we were sent out to sit in quiet for 15 minutes and to just respond to who God is. And I had just been hearing more about who Jesus Christ is and how much God loves us and how he laid down his life for the sheep to separate every barrier. And at that point, I gave my life to the Good Shepherd. That was the beginning of a very important journey for me because it wasn't just my parents' faith anymore, it was mine. And it was a growing journey where I was learning that voice recognition with the shepherd. And I have to say that over time, that has grown and changed a lot for me. Because at first it was, I wanted God to recognize my voice. I'm crying out to you. I want to know that you are hearing my cry. And I have to say that that is shifting now for me. So instead of just wanting God to hear my voice, I want to hear Jesus' voice. Every day now, 
I'm trying to learn what it means to actually hear Jesus speaking to me as my good shepherd, leading me into life that is full and abundant. And that's a learning process. It's a lifelong journey of learning. Through scripture, knowing about Jesus, prayer, knowing how to communicate with God, through the community of Christians, the church that God has given to us, through serving the poor and actually encountering the Good Shepherd through the poor. And I have to say, my journey has shifted to one of more listening than I do ask God for things every day. But I also am listening for what Jesus is wanting to say to me. And Jesus isn't necessarily leading me to safety, but to Christ-likeness, knowing Jesus so intimately that we become like him. That's our spiritual goal. As you probably know, we're moving into the rest of this year with a theme, Jesus Calling. And our goal is that every person in this congregation, every person that worships with us, will add one new spiritual practice to your daily life that will help you in this voice recognition as sheep with our good shepherd, which is where abundant life is. So what will help you? This is going to be the question as the question this morning. What will help you in this most important voice recognition with our good shepherd? the one who feeds you every day and gives you life abundantly, the only one who can, the one who saves you and protects you from evil, the only one who can, the one who loves you as his own, the only one who truly can. Last week I mentioned the book Jesus Calling. It's a book that's a devotional every day, and I've downloaded it on my phone, and I'm using it every day. I actually didn't use it today, but I will later. Another book that I have used a lot myself personally and also given it to people that are really in challenging times is the 100-Day Prayer Book written by an associate pastor here, John Snyder, previous. It's really good, really good. And almost a year ago, I sat with Francine Miltenberger, And we had this book with us and talked about what her prayer request was before she began a journey with chemo treatment for cancer. And she wrote out her prayer request, and she read it to me. And yesterday I was talking on the phone, and we were just looking back on this journey. And she read her prayer request to me again, and it was like, wow, Francine, God has really met you and answered and heard your cry. Francine actually wanted to come up. I'm going to invite her up now. She wanted to say just a few words to you um, as her church family, which has been one of the powerful ways that she has experienced Jesus' calling. Hi, everyone. It feels like I haven't been here for a while, but um, I'm glad to be back here with you today. You know, this whole notion about um, the shepherd's Voice being recognized by the sheep is not something that's really ever been, uh, you know, part of my personal existence. I, I know about dogs, you know, as we talked about before. But I think the one thing that I do know is that um, I've deepened my knowledge of the Lord's grace through my involvement with this community 
and through your collective voice to me. Um, I'm really filled with gratitude uh, for that blessing, and I, I wanted to take find an opportunity to um, thank you for that blessing. And when Mary and I were talking yesterday, I was like, wow, I had never said this to her, but you know, given the opportunity uh, today, I jumped at it. Uh, a little more than a year ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and, you know, ever since then, my life's been pretty much consumed with uh, treatments and all of the adjustments that come from that diagnosis. And uh, although I'm not completely done with everything, uh, I'm past the major stuff. And so I'm declaring victory. And, and uh, this has been one of those summers where I've really been um, enjoying the summer and, and spending a lot of time with friends and family and people who have been supportive to me. And when I look back on that journey, I'm, I'm struck by how powerful and supportive this community in particular uh, has been for me during this process. Uh, there are many, many, many ways that I have felt God's love and blessing through my work and engagement with you. Um, you know, when you're first diagnosed, you, you just get this tsunami of information thrown at you. And there are just so many unknowns to wrap your head around, and it can be incredibly stressful and, and very overwhelming. And uh, I, I don't even remember how I first started letting people know in this community that this was what I was facing. But um, the first thing that, that I remember was how many of you came and started telling me your own stories. And um, that was really significant and powerful for me. And I remember, you know, walking away from a number of those conversations saying, wow, I had no clue that so-and-so had been through that experience. And wow, you know, that was a while ago. And they didn't know as much about cancer then as, and if, you know, she did it or he did it, you know, then I'll probably get through this okay myself. Um, so it, it really started me on this path of kind of having faith that I would get through uh, everything. You know, I was very concerned about the treatments that I was facing, um, and I was concerned about lasting disabilities that would come from it, um, and, and I was really concerned about my ability to keep working through all of this, because I, I really couldn't afford to not keep working through the process. Um, and I remember writing down the prayer wish, uh, and, and it was a multifaceted one, but at the end I said, you know, I pray that I can weather the side effects and keep a positive outlook through this process. Um, and I doubt that I fully verbalized that to anyone in this community, but in, in reality you played a huge part in keeping me and helping me realize that prayer wish. Um, you know, there were, I still have on my desk a whole stack of cards, but there were many periodic cards and emails and phone calls that individuals, you know, reached out to me to just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Uh, and, and that was, they always seemed to come at just the right time, you know, when I was feeling um, like, oh, this is such a long slog, you know. And it was just, it was just something would show up in the mail or in my email inbox and, it would just kind of say, okay, there are other people out there rooting for you, and just keep it going. You know, there were meals that, that people um, made for me or gave us, and 
they also seem to come at just the right time, you know, when I just didn't have enough energy or, you know, things were going on that we, we it made it hard to, to keep going. Um, there were books that people um, turned me on to that were really, really um, thought-provoking. And these weren't necessarily spiritual books, although some of them were. Um, but they were books that gave me perspective on the importance of not only the physical things that you do in your life, what you eat, how you exercise, but the spiritual things in your life. You know, the, the community that you feel a part of or not feel a part of can have a huge impact on your immunity system and, and uh, how well you can recover from serious things, as well as, you know, your spiritual disciplines, um, you know, are you meditating? Are you praying? Uh, it really does make a difference. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was pretty, uh, I had my eyes opened in new ways. And it was primarily because people had directed me to books that I probably wouldn't have picked up otherwise. Um, there were little celebrations that some of you imposed on me um, <laughs> that were things that really helped me kind of looking forward to the, the next step. And, and in particular, I'm really grateful for Naomi Kedachima in that regard because she every week would say to me, okay, on the third week after you have that chemo, you're feeling pretty good. Let's plan to go out and have a special dinner someplace. And um, it, gave, it actually gave me something to look forward to in those parts. Most importantly, however... I knew that I was surrounded by prayers from people in this community. And I, I knew that because I would have interactions with you when I would come to church and people would say, we're praying for you, you're on the prayer chain. But the most tangible evidence of that was, you know, Betty Bosa made, um, knitted a, a prayer shawl for me just before I started chemo. And she took it to the women's group and they prayed over it. And I can't tell you how many times um, during the winter and when I was going through treatments, I just wrapped myself in that shawl and could feel, or at least I imagined I felt, the power of all of your prayers sinking into me like a moisturizer on my skin. And um, I can tell you that it gave me great, great comfort. And I'm very um, grateful to all of you who participated in that process. Some of you I know were involved, and others probably you were involved, but I didn't know. So thank you to all of you for that. Now that I'm through the heavy-duty parts of my treatment, I look back, and I know that my prayer really was answered primarily through my involvement with you. And um, none of you had to do it. You just did it. Um, and I'm mindful of all the support that you've given me. I marvel at the blessings of being part of this community. And, you know, the strength of your faith has spilled out to me in so many ways. Uh, I'm grateful to the Holy Spirit for kind of sending me here in 2005. Uh, and I've truly grown stronger in my faith through this community. Um, in a very real way, I've heard the shepherd's voice through your voice. Thank you. Thank you. So what's going to help you? 
with that voice recognition that we belong to a good shepherd. Maybe being more involved in the Christian community here, the church, maybe being in scripture in a new way, being in prayer in a new way, maybe a tool like the 100-day prayer book or Jesus Calling, maybe serving the poor, one new spiritual practice to your daily life. That's our goal for each one of us. For the sake of recognizing and following our good shepherd who alone gives us abundant life.